So here we are at Ibrox, the home of the Rangers FC, enjoying some typically warm and inviting Scottish weather. I'm here with Dave Roxburgh, who's the head groundsman, and our special guest today, Jason Booth of the IOG. Uh, David, you've been here how many years now? Uh, just under 30 years here now at oh. Rangers Football Club, yeah. So you must have seen your fair share of changes in that there time? There have been a lot of changes uh, in those 30 years, absolutely. Okay, talk us through some of the key things that have happened here. Well, certainly changes in how we built the pitch, how we developed the pitch, changes from the days when we used to have the tough pitches before lighting rigs, now we've got lighting rigs, changes to seed varieties, changes to how we maintain the pitch, a host vast array of changes in, in terms of this trade. Mm -hmm. And Jason, I think you've got some questions about the pitch you've been dying to ask. Yeah, you've been here 30 years, Dave, and it's good to see you, first yeah, first nice and foremost. You, yes. And great to be in the uh, Bunny Scotland, as we call it. <laughs> uh, you've seen a lot of changes in 30 years, and we, you just touched on technology and lighting rigs. And has managing and maintaining the pitch become more difficult in those 30 years? Or easier? It, it may actually be easier now. Uh, it's living else. If you, if you get the foundation right uh, and you get the maintenance programmes right, then everything sort of kind of falls into place. Unfortunately, we work around about Mother Nature and the weather mm. and the terrible environment we have in here. Uh, so it, it's difficult. You have to be on the ball 24-7. What type of equipment do you think you may have that other major stadiums don't have? Or what other equipment have you had to invest in that other stadiums probably don't have to invest in? Well, I think probably most of, the, most of the stadium environments have the same types of equipment. You know, you need an aerator, machines obviously, it's pedestrian cuts rather than, 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 than ride-ons. Uh, we basically have the same sort of maintenance equipment. Uh, when we go to renovations, we bring in obviously contractors for that because we wouldn't carry that, that, that level of equipment unless we have big training facilities, like big clubs down south, of course. Um, we, we, we couldn't maintain that. And in terms of the manpower that you have, because and, and, you have Murray Park and the training park is under your remit as well, is that right? Yes, Murray Park's under my remit as well. And yes, of course, relative to the size of Murray Park, we run a staff of around 10. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a couple of guys that work down here, uh, Constant and, and the rest work at Murray Park. And, and we share the staff here on the match day. Mm -hmm. We can see that we're coming to uh, the end of February, mid to end of February. You've got a nice grass cover out there. What uh, grass seed are we using? It's 100% uh, ryegrass. Uh, we, we can't grow any other species in here other than ryegrass grass, um, specially designed uh, and formulated for this environment. It's supplied by? Rigby Taylor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jane Leland, does she do some research? For she's OBR? done some research for me, yes. Yeah. We've picked out a few varieties and, and, uh, that, 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 that suit this environment. Um, at, at the moment, this is probably the pitch at its worst. Uh, this is the, the worst time of year. Uh, from November, it's sort of downhill. It gets to its lowest point now, and hopefully, uh, if the sun comes back, uh, we'll start to get a bit of improvement. So, regards cultivars, we're looking for shade tolerance will be a big thing. Shade to tolerance, you. obviously. Well, not so much. We're lighting rigs. You need to be a wee bit careful yeah. with that. You know, we have to be careful not to go because they need shade, and, and we're providing light. So, so we have to be very careful. But, but roots, root structure. Is, is the key. It's the key to any pitch. We, we build reinforced surface pitches and uh, we need that root structure there to hold that in place. And that brings me nicely onto fertilisers and, and, and creating that root structure. Uh, what's your fertiliser programme like? What, what, we what we, we drip feed this pitch almost, almost on every 10 days. We, we'll apply feed to this pitch. Uh, we don't want to have a, a, a high input of fertiliser. You want to drip feed it and just let the thing grow, grow naturally. Root development, obviously colour is important, but we can there's products available that can alter that should we need to use it. Uh, but under the lighting rigs, we have to learn how to grow a pitch because the pitch doesn't go into dormancy, it continues to grow. So you have to be careful. It takes a few years to understand just how grass reacts under lighting systems. 
and you know, for somebody who's not from a technical background, you know, obviously I'm, I'm looking at the pitch and it looks fantastic. How, how important is the aesthetics to you? Well, the aesthetics are definitely important, especially in a match day, but they're not all important. The most important aspect of any professional football is how the pitch plays. Mm -hmm. We have to get the pitch ready to suit our players. Uh, if the weather's with us and we can present the pitch uh, in a much better condition, then that, that's great. But it's not the be-all and end-all. Mm -hmm. We would like to, and I, and I think a lot of groundsmen, we, we sort of compete with each other to see who can get the best shade and how the pitch looks. But yeah. that's not the most important aspect, mm -hmm. absolutely not. Some will say it is, but for me, definitely not. It's, it's how the pitch plays plays is more important. Sure, and how do you get the feedback from players and, and the managers? How involved are they in, in, in feeding well, back to well, you about well, the playability? Unfortunately, because I've been in the trade a long, long time and I understand what our players require and I understand how this pitch can play under the given uh, weather conditions on any Saturday. Mm -hmm. so, so we kind of know how to produce the pitch for our players. Sometimes you get a wee bit of feedback from a manager, he maybe wants it this way or that way, but very much dictated by the weather. Yeah, if they sure. want a dry pitch and it's raining... We're, Don't we're come to Glasgow. We're, 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 we're kind of stuck a wee bit. Yeah. But no, there is, there is a feedback. And if you go and ask a player, sometimes there's a lot of kidology and players will say, oh, it's rubbish, you know, it's the worst pitch we've ever played. In. But if you get them in a one-to-one -one and really sit down with them, uh, they'll usually give you their opinion mm -hmm. and how they want it. But uh, no, all in all, there's a good rapport between myself and the management. I understand how we want our playing surface here at Ibrox and what we expect. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're able to produce that most of the time. Uh, We've heard that you've got a fibroblastic pick, yes. Dave, and uh, aeration plays a massive part in groundsmanship. What's your aeration pro uh, programme? Well, fortunately, being fibroblastic, the aeration programme's not as intense as it would be in a normal sand-constructed pitch. The issue that we have in the pitch is not so much the aeration for the pitch profile, it's the algae that forms on the surface, and that's the biggest issue. I mean, we can have heavy rain here and water lying on the surface, and they'll say, oh, is the pitch not draining? It's just on that very surface. So if we can keep that clean, then we can keep the surface free draining. But we, we do have an aeration programme, you know, maybe once or twice a season, or dependent on... This year it's been constant because of the rain, but mm. uh, but aerating the pitch can soften the pitch, so we try to keep the firmness levels up. So uh, um, we have to be very careful when we aerate, uh, especially leading into a match day. You spoke about the algae build-up. Yeah. What maintenance uh, regime do we have to...? We, we try to apply sand. sand getting it, there is a products there that, that, can, that can control the algae, but they need to hit that target. If they're in the grass, then we struggle because it'll kill the grass. So what we try and do is apply light sand dressings and keep the surface moving and the algae won't form. Or keep the grass level. It's a, it's a kind of double-edged sword. As we lose the grass level, more algae comes in, so uh, it causes more of an issue when it rains. Yeah. And it's a balancing act. And it's not an easy one, especially in this environment. <laughs> We're looking at the algae problem, uh, Dave, and you've just explained a, a little bit more about it. Yeah, the, the issue we have, of course, with, with these type of surfaces is, is the build-up of algae, uh, and, and that stops the water from penetrating through the pitch to the level that it should penetrate. Uh, we're lucky in this type of surface that we can strip this pitch off at the end of the season. We can ameliorate that up and clean the algae straight out. I, I worry sometimes about the, the hybrid pitches where we just can't get in and clean that out and that, that worries me a wee bit. But I mean, I know there is machines there and, and contractors do uh, uh, say that they, they can clean that out. But that's one of the reasons why we've remained fibre sand rather than went to hybrid at this particular moment. But we're always looking to the future and you look at renovation techniques and if they're working and I can see they're working then that would then convince me to move to the next generation but 
if we can keep the grass surface and we can keep sand uh, on the pitch, we can stop that algae from forming. So it's only in the sort of bare areas here at the at the edges of the pitch. But uh, that's our biggest issue. Uh, we can get heavy rain and water can lie in the pitch, and people will say, "What's wrong with the pitch? Is it not draining? The pitch is draining fine. It just can't get through that algae." And until we can get a product that that we can apply in the pitch that will control the algae or take the algae away and not kill the grass. So that's one for the suppliers to uh, get into the lab this afternoon and start thinking about it. There's obviously a huge amount of history at this club. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yours? My history uh, started in farming. Uh, my family were farmers. I was the second son of a farmer. Uh, and that's what brought me into groundmanship in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, uh, we ha when I was 12 years old, my father had to retire through ill health. Uh, my brother was already a greenkeeper, he wanted to greenkeeping. He was never wanting to be into this sort of trade, or into the farming trade. And you never fancied greenkeeping either? Uh, probably not at that time, no, I was a farmer. Yeah. Uh, I only knew that. Uh, I was a dairy farmer, you know, born in the country, outside. Um, and unfortunately when my father had to retire, um, you know, it kind of broke my heart a wee bit. Mm. Um, um, and I had to find another vocation, as they say. Uh, left school and went back into farming. But working for other farmers isn't the same as working in your own place. Mm -hmm. um, and I was given the opportunity to start at Kilmarnock Football Club as a, as a young uh, apprentice groundsman. So uh, that's where I started and, and worked my way through to become the head groundsman there. And fortunately, uh, certainly for me, was recognised uh, by Graham Souness uh, and uh, got the opportunity to come here to Rangers. And, the rest 30 history, years later. <laughs> so 30 years ago now, yeah. yeah. You mentioned success and results. Looking at what you've achieved here over the past 30 years, how do you feel? Do you feel that you've, you've, you've done your job? You've, you've achieved what you want no, to achieve? No, definitely not. Uh, uh, Ever-changing technology, uh, ever-changing weather patterns. Mm. You know, we, we kind of turn and see we will build a pitch and suddenly there'll be full grass on it and it'll be a great plain surface every single year. That's not possible. Mm -hmm. uh, we, 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 have a, we have a fight with nature. We can't dictate when the games are played. Uh, if we could dictate when they're played, we'll pick the driest day and the warmest day and, yeah. the, and the brightest sunshine and every other game will be off. So we have to work round about the fixtures. We have to work round about you know the weather patterns. And we have to use the technology that's available to us within the resources of the club. Mm -hmm. Talking about weather, then let's talk about climate change. And uh, obviously uh, earlier today we were talking about <coughs> the weather that you've had in Scotland this yeah. season. It's been uh, a problem to everybody. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on climate change? Seasons to seasons, is, is there a blend now? Do we get separate seasons? What's your opinion on, I'm, on all I'm, that? Uh, there's obviously climate change. Uh, uh, the boffins wouldn't say so uh, if it wasn't happening. I don't think... We, we certainly experience uh, extremities in weather. Um, it seems to rain all the time now here. Mm. Uh, we used to get seasons. Uh, just the summers, the rain's a bit warmer than it is in the winter. Uh, there probably is a climate change, but I, I think it's more just a wave that's probably happening. I think it, it changes so slow that probably in our lifetime we won't see the, the, the full results of that. But there, there's definitely something happening, and there's no doubt about that. What it is, I'm probably not qualified enough to say so, but from my point of view in the pitch, and we need to build, maintain the pitch for very high rainfall. Rain is number one enemy, not a bit of snow or frost. Mm. Rain is number one enemy. Uh, and the lack of sun, of course, that comes with that. So we've got the technology to overcome that. And we can make the pitches more free draining. We can allow the water to go through. But then how do we stabilise them? How do we keep them firm enough for football? That's the balancing act of, of any groundsman, length and breadth of the country. There's been talk about summer football. And uh, 
as a groundsman, as a past groundsman, that excited me, playing on a pristine pitch, not have to worry yeah. about light and, and grass growth. Yeah. Uh, are you for it? Are you against it? I was a purist, not uh, football. Uh, that's a Scottish game, yeah, big tough Scots guys. We just, <laughs> we just play in any condition and, and yeah, that's what we have to do. But technology has moved such that, uh, yeah, I think we could play uh, uh, summer football. It may well also suit the Scottish game in terms of there's not a lot of other football on TV. We can't compete with English TV. We can't compete with the Premier League. Um, so we need to pick our audience. Summer football was probably a good way of doing that. Unfortunately for the fans, an awful lot of other things happen in the summer you know, between golf and all the other big things that, that go on. So we'd compete with that audience. But for TV audience, at the end of the day, that's what provides a big cash income to, to most of the clubs. So I believe now, based on the technology available, uh, that we could find a, a, a summer football season somewhere. What's the, the wisest investment that you've made? What's the key machine? The key machine. key machine? Oh, probably the car that gets me to my work in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the key machine that is undoubtedly the lighting rig systems. Mm. Uh, no doubt about that. That has transformed uh, football all over the world. Um, Without lighting rigs, we don't grow grass. Uh, we don't have grass. We don't have a plain surface. We have everyone in your back. Oh, poor guy, we get rid of him. You know, he's hopeless. So, no, definitely the lighting rigs. Have, the technology within that has been the key investment, 100 percent. And what year did you get your first lighting rigs? Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago, the old, the old MLR rigs. Um, we, we purchased those. Um, we, we looked at both systems, of course. Uh, SGL rigs were widely used throughout the whole of Britain. Um, we opted to go MLR, um, it, it fitted Rangers, uh, the way we were operating, it fitted us financially, um, the, the technology was available at that time, uh, fitted the club, but it's eight years old, it's now old, old mm -hmm. technology. Um, compared to what we have nowadays. If you like As a groundsman, when I was a practicing groundsman, I used to have my favourite manufacturer, favourite model. Yeah. Are you the same when it comes to tractors and sprayers? Machinery. Well, being a farmer, you know, uh, I know tractors. Uh, I saw some green down there. I did see some John Deere. Yeah, around. you saw John Deere, which might be ironic, you know, green and gold for coming into Rangers. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and I think Celtic Park use orange tractors. So, so we, we're, the we're, one and only we're, time we're, it's we're, we're, do, we're doing our bit to try and stop <laughs> this nonsense. Uh, the colour tractor doesn't matter as a, as a religion of any of our employers. It's, yeah. it's what that tractor does. And it, it fitted the criteria of the club at the time. Uh, John Deere are contractors mm -hmm. um, and uh, we have a contract with, with John Deere and through the local supplier Neon Brown so we're happy to, 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 to use that and again you look at those as they're better and you're always as a groundsman we, we call ourselves head groundsman we're grounds managers and we're managing the department we're, we're managing technology and we have to keep an ear of what's happening out there that, that's why we need to go to shows that's why we need to speak to other groundsmen we need to speak to our, our peers What's out there? Am I missing something that might be of benefit to me? Mm -hmm. uh, and if it fits and it works around about my operation, then if the kit fits, that, yeah, absolutely. But you have to make sure it's going to work. We're not going to have it sitting in the shed 24/7. Mm -hmm. So, of the time that you've been here, obviously one of the, the highlights of your career, I would assume, would be the involvement with Murray Park. Yeah, that was a a very good time. Uh, you know, the, the club was investing. The club was was winning, we were regular in Europe, we, we needed to expand. This club had, tr had no training facility. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we would come in here in the morning and the players would go in buses and, and I had to phone up, especially mornings like this morning, and try and find an area in Glasgow that we could we could have a patch of grass to train on. So we needed to invest in a, in a proper training facility, as already mostly, and of the small clubs even down south. Mm -hmm. So uh, Murray Park was born 14 years ago and, and it was good to be heavily involved in, in, in certain development and the construction and, and seeing it from barren land to the first day the players mm -hmm. were, were training on it. Well, we'd love to see it. Well, uh, there's no reason why we can't go so up there, so let's, yeah. let's travel up to Murray Park and we can show you the, our, our uh, compact and BU facility. Looking forward to it. So here we are, we've made it into the press room at Murray Park. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this facility? Okay, delighted to be in the press room. It's a bit warmer than outside. Yes, it's, it's much warmer than outside today. today. Uh, this facility was opened uh, 14 years ago. Um, uh, the, the facility is split into two parts. We have our youth side and we have our pro training side. Um, uh, a fully equipped and fully constructed uh, modern uh, training facility. How many pitches have you got? Yeah, We've got yeah. eight pitches up here. Uh, eight natural grass pitches and one and a half uh, synthetic pitches. Any certain challenges, uh, different challenges to Ibrox, I could imagine? Yeah, it's, it's a sort of flip side of the coin where, uh, you know, Ibrox in its enclosed wraparound stadium environment, this is a, a very open environment, so, mm -hmm. so it definitely poses totally different challenges. We also have a lot of diversity between pitch construction, so that again uh, offers different challenges within, within our maintenance programmes. Mm. You mentioned you've got two rivers near you as well, which I'm sure causes problems. Well, two rivers, yeah, that, that meet at the very bottom of our complex and, uh, and it rains a wee bit and we've had a wee bit of rain lately, then uh, it causes us problems. Um, the whole site doesn't become flooded, but we've had a few pitches in the youth site completely flooded sort of three times mm. this season already. Regards usage and uh, monitoring usage and uh, monitoring the schedules and training schedules, what's the uh, communication uh, regards? Uh, my guys, my, my deputy certainly in here uh, first thing in the morning, we, we have a training schedule so we kind of know what's being pre-planned. Again, round about the weather patterns, if it's bad weather we may have to alter that. Mm -hmm. This morning we had snow so there wasn't much of the training facility available for a wee while. So we kind of know what's coming down the line as such. So it's just communication with both the manager, uh, the youth coaches uh, and the nighttime coaches mm -hmm. just to ensure what's available and what we can make available for them. You mentioned their communication with the manager and obviously we just met Mark yeah. uh, on, our, on our tour. Tell me a little bit more about that relationship and how important that really is. There's no doubt about it, it's absolutely important. We, we, we can't just go as ground and say, oh, we'll just cut the pitch in this way. It may not suit our style of play. Mm -hmm. uh, they might want the grass longer, shorter, wetter, uh, drier. Yeah. They might not like that particular surface. Uh, we need to communicate and understand where and his training programme and his vision for the club is going so that we can then begin to match that. But we have to have the basis in place, we have to have the fundamental foundations built there. If we need to change the surface criteria, we can do that, but everything comes at a cost mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it's relevant to the, the finances of the football club. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the costs and the investments? that's already gone into this. How much did the facility? The facility cost just under 19 million uh, at the time. Mm -hmm. um, um, it's very expensive to run, of course it is, and it's an outgoing cost. There's no really any return. We, 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 we can't sort of make money on this. We, mm -hmm. It's not a facility where we bring in 
uh, outside occupation, you know, and, yeah. and earn money from that. Everything here is for the development of Rangers Football Club. Mm -hmm. So it's an outgoing cost. So we again rely on the other areas within the club to generate that income for us. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned earlier that you were looking to restore the glory of, of the club, and I think certainly facilities like this are, are the well, way to... You know the way to forward. Mark's made it very clear. He's got a clear vision of, of where he wants to go and how he wants this club to get back to. We, we from the groundsman's perspective, we've got that that, that vision. We, we know what we had built and produced up here. It, it's got lost in the last years because of many reasons, administration, etc., etc. Mm. We now need to bring not only that back but take it to this new dimension. Mm -hmm. uh, Technology allows us to do that because it's changing. So, so we, we take the bits of technology that allow us to improve and take the pitches back to a, a whole new level. Well, and we wish you all the very best for that. Thank you so much for a fantastic Absolutely tour welcome. and for, for having us up here. Absolutely welcome. At any time, and if anything we can uh, contribute in the future, then Rangers Football Club, we like to see ourselves as leaders. Uh, we want to lead the way and, uh, uh, and give the opportunity for everybody else from young groundsmen coming into the trade to experienced groundsmen. Um, this is an open, an open trade. We don't keep the secrets to ourselves. Mm -hmm. we, we want to see every playing facility from schools to colleges to professional you know, presented well to the world for the benefit of, of uh, our professional game. Uh, yeah, Deb, just to finish off, uh, tell us something about David Roxburgh that nobody knows. Oh, I'm very secretive. I'm very secretive. Oh, this is the this is the time to. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a very secretive person. No, I try to keep myself to myself. Uh, I, I like to encourage people. Uh, I, I like to see professionalism. Um, you know, I, I work hard to try and maintain those standards myself, and, and it's very difficult. And it doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. You know, you can come into my sheds, and the place looks awful. And, but but knowing that, accepting that would be one thing. But knowing that it's that way and wanting it to change, that's what drives it. Mm -hmm. And that's what needs to drive football in general and all sports in general. That drive to get to that next step and that next step and that next step and keep on going. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, then uh, you know we'll achieve something more likely. Well, listen, Dave, thank you so much for all of your help. You've been an absolute star. Jason, our, our guest presenter, you've been an absolute legend. Thank, thank you, you guys much. both very much for spending the day with us.